But I'd like to, uh, this is going to be kind of hard, but I want to confess something here this morning to you that, um, that I'm, a, I'm a junkie. I don't exactly know um, when my addiction first started, uh, but like, I think like many addictions, it's, it was innocent enough. Um, I, I think I had my first hit when I was really young. As a matter of fact, I, I think it was given to me by my mother and my father. Uh, maybe that's why it's, this addiction of mine has been so hard to overcome. Maybe there's someone here today who's like me. I want you to know that there's hope because I'm what you call an approval junkie. And I think that many of us fall into that category. I think there's a lot of people today, especially young people today, that they claim and they say, I don't care what anybody thinks. I'm not buying that. I'm skeptical of people who say they don't care. Because for most of us, I think uh, approval feels good, doesn't it? Uh, even if we wish we could transcend our own hunger for approval, it still feels good. It feels good when your boss tells you, good job. It feels good. It, uh, it feels good to get a, 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 a card on Father's Day. It feels good when, when your spouse tells you that you look nice in that, in that suit or that dress or feels good when somebody congratulates you on a victory that you had nothing to do with, like the Stanley Cup. Oh, wait a minute. Check. Don't say. It feels good. I'm just, I'm just being honest, right? It feels good when, when after the service, somebody comes up and says, you know, Jeff, that was a great message. That, that, that feels good. We all like hearing those kind of things. Approval matters. Let's not... Let's not kid ourselves about that, okay? It's even, it's even part of our, uh, it's even part of developmental milestones. What I mean by that is this, is that we, we, we when we're, our kids are growing, we, we train them that way, don't, don't we? When they're eating their meal, they eat, they eat all their broccoli and we cheer, good job, you ate all your broccoli. When they take their first steps, we cheer them on. When they solve their first quadratic equation, you have no idea what, what that means or what that is. You know, you're so happy for them. Or, or they discover the law of three, whatever that is. And so we cheer them on and we're, and we're happy for them. Listen, if, 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 you, if you're a regular here, then, then you kind of know my work, right? Because I'm here enough. Um, I, try to, I try to always just be honest. I try to shoot straight. I try to uh, be as vulnerable as I can. So like any church, there are people, for whatever reason, that have left Freedom Life Center and gone on to different things and, you know, um, and sometimes you'll hear of what they say. Here's an interesting thing. Uh, when somebody comes to Freedom Life Center for the first time, and the first time I meet them, I don't even know them, and they start to tell me about uh, the church they came from, they start to uh, say something maybe not so flattering about the pastor of that church. I go, oh, no. Oh, no. Because one day they're going to leave this church, right? One day they're going to leave here. I mean, that's probably the odds. And they're going to do the same thing. 
None of us like that, that, that negative criticism or someone writes something on Facebook about me or the church or whatever. I'm just telling you those things, those things are hard to, to swallow. Try not to listen to or, or see any, anything that's disapproving of me, but it's inescapable. So the question is this for us this morning. Why do we care what others think? Why do we care? And, and when does that caring, because it's not all bad, right? When does that caring become a problem? When do we move into the category of approval junkie? Well, let me give you a list. Here's a quick list of some things that, that you can kind of do a mental inventory and ask yourself, do these maybe identify you a little bit? You may be an approval junkie. Uh, you try to make good grades if you're a student. Try to make good grades uh, so that other people will approve of you. You go to church. Do, doing things to make your parents proud. Do things to impress your friends. You say yes to things that you know absolutely nothing about. And you don't even like doing, and you say yes to them. You stay in a relationship with somebody whom you determine to win over. Telling somebody no pains you. You don't like saying no. You have a habit of saying, I'm sorry. Conflict terrifies you. You tend to overextend yourself. You tend to overexplain yourself. You're so worried what other people are going to think that just no is not enough. You need to, right? Anybody like that? I'm like that. And I say no, and then let me tell you why. I have, I have this to do and that to do, right? And if you understand everything, maybe you'll accept that and you'll, right, I'll still, I'll still keep your approval. You're likely to accept any invitation. You work hard to prove yourself. You won't pick where to go to dinner. Anybody? Anybody? Michelle, where do you want to go to dinner? I don't care. Oh, let's go to Italian. No, I had that yesterday. Let's go to Chinese. And I don't feel like Chinese. No, wait a minute. You said you don't care, right? Just pick a place. Uh, you probably won't raise your hand with a question. Any, is anybody? Raise your hand. See, no one's even going to raise their hand, right? We, we don't like that, right? Have you ever been in, been in a, a classroom setting where, maybe I've, I've used this in here before, where the, the professor at the beginning of the course says, class says, if at any time you get lost in my lecture, just raise your hand and I will stop for you. Anybody, right? And so within five minutes, you're, you're completely lost. You have no idea. And you're thinking, I'm not going to raise my hand. Look at everybody's writing feverishly. I'm not going to let them know that I'm the one. And then some brave soul in the back raises their hand, right? And the professor stops, and there's a collective sigh of relief in the whole class. <laughs> Thank God. How about this one? You, you secretly like being the person that everyone depends on. Sally Field one time was accepting an Oscar. While, while beaming and crying at the same time, she said this. You, you like me. Right now, you like me. Somebody you think has it all together just so wants the approval of others. But there is a part of being human that, that we want or we need the acceptance of others. 
But caring too much what other people think will confine you forever to mediocrity. You'll be second-guessing yourself, and by second-guessing yourself may force you to engage in behavior that is self-destructive. Approval junkies know that they can please some people all the time, and they can please some of the people some of the time. But the point is this, is that you're wasting your time trying to, trying to get approval of the people. Now, here's the interesting thing. Women, you are so blessed. Women really are blessed. You're blessed with so many ways to win or lose the approval of others. Let me name some for you. You're judged on your beauty. You're judged on your wit. You're judged on how often you smile on your hair, on whether you can get away with wearing that outfit or not, on whether you're funny or whether you just think you're funny, or whether your opinion matters. Does your opinion matter? Does it matter to your husband? Does it matter to your children? On whether you want to have children or not, or if you want to have them, what manner are you going to have children? And the list goes on and on and on. Men, you're not exempt either. You, you want the approval of others, and so it's about what you do. It's about how much money you make, the car you drive, the size of your house, how much money you make. I know I said that twice. We're all looking for acceptance. We're all looking for approval. We're all looking for belonging. So what's wrong with being an approval junkie? <clears throat> One of the things, we're going to get into it, one of the things is it'll lead you down a wrong path, needing and desiring other people's approval for your own contentment, for your own happiness. Let's start off with a few things that are the negative side of being an approval junkie. The first one is this. It, it is a miserable trap. Wanting and desiring the approval of others for your happiness. It's a vicious cycle and it's hard to escape from. Proverbs 29, 25 says this, fearing people, fearing what they think about you is a dangerous trap, but trusting the Lord means safety. And, and frankly, it's even worse today, isn't it? With social media. It's, as a matter of fact, it's even called the like, right? You post a picture and you look to see how many people have liked this. And if you get a lot of likes, well, you feel good. If you don't get a lot of likes, then you think, well, maybe I'm not going to post a picture like that anymore. Whether you're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or whatever social media is your, uh, your preference. Listen to this. In her post, Addicted to Like, Maureen O'Connor said this. A self-centered man joined Instagram and ran into a problem. Since he neither looked at nor liked his friend's post, they thought that he was snubbing them. He said, I am only on Instagram or Facebook to humble brag. Ramit Chawla told the Daily Dot, I don't consume <clears throat> other people's information. So Chawla, a programmer, created a bot that would crawl his feed and automatically like every single picture that every single person he followed posted. The result, he became incredibly popular on Instagram. His follower count rocketed. His, uh, his pictures were liked more often. He became so insta-famous, someone stopped him on the street to commend his insta-magnificence. 
Now, here's what he said about all this. I, I said I'll have to get to this part. He said, I think we give too much value to the like. People are addicted. We experience withdrawals. We are so driven by this drug, just getting one hit elicits truly peculiar reactions. He compared the experience of watching a social media post rocket into popularity to smoking crack cocaine. So here's the truth. There's a, there's a feel-good drug. It's called dopamine, and it's released in your brain. You've heard of dopamine, right? And so what happens is when we get that hit of dopamine, we want more of that. So the thing that elicited that, that, that dopamine hit, we do it more. And so they have, scientists have found that that like that we get on Facebook, Instagram, does that to us, gives us that hit of dopamine. So it is a drug, wanting the approval of others. The second danger is this. Now let me, you're gonna, I'm gonna say this word, but let me define it for a minute. The second danger is this. It leads to sin. It leads to sin. Can I define sin? What I, I read it one time, and I really like this. Sin is anything that impedes the shalom or the peace of God. I like that. I like that definition because it's not this <clears throat> thing of these, these, these bad things, you know, that we kind of tend to think sin is, right? Just these things. The peace of God. Anything that impedes the peace of God. And so being a, being a, a approval junkie can lead you into sin. Proverbs 1.10 says this, my child, if sinners entice you, they want your approval. It says turn your back on them. Here's what will happen. <clears throat> You'll find yourself going to places that you never thought you'd go, doing things you never thought you'd do, with people you'd never thought you'd be with. I know we can all see it with kids, right? We can all see it with our own kids. <clears throat> Why do you need the approval of that group of people? Can't you see that, that they're going to lead you down a wrong path? Am I right? It's easy for us parents to see that. But it's hard for them to see it in their situation. Parents, I want to tell you, it's the same with us. It's the same with us. Wanting or needing the approval of others will lead you down a wrong path. Lastly, it's this. <clears throat> it leads you away from God's purpose for your life. As a pastor, I hear so many people say, I just wish I knew God's purpose for your life. It's not that hard. Let me tell you what it is. It's really simple. Here's God's purpose for your life. Love him with all your being and love others. That's it. That's his purpose for your life. No, no, pastor. I mean, like, what am I supposed to do? He says, do whatever you want. I've given you talents and abilities. Do whatever you want to do. But as you go doing that thing that you want to do, love me and love others. First Thessalonians 2, 4 says this, for we speak as messengers approved by God to be entrusted with the good news. Our purpose is to please God, not people. He alone examines the motives of our hearts. How do we rise above then being an approval junkie? Real simple, three things. First one, it's not rocket science. First one is this, resist living for others. <clears throat> this brings us to our, to our text today. You wonder if I would get around to Galatians today, right? Bring us to our text today in Galatians, Galatians chapter 1. Uh, Paul's actually being accused of being an approval junkie. 
He's saying, listen, Paul just, just preached this message of God's love and his grace because he knew that you'd like to hear that and he just wanted your approval. That's it. The interesting thing about this to me is, it's really fascinating, is that, <clears throat> is that they came along, these, these Judaizers came, on, came along and started to add all these things, all these works. Now, now pay attention for a minute, right? So all they had at that time was the, the Jewish scriptures, right? The Old Testament, we call it, the Jewish scriptures. And he said, <clears throat> you're adding all these things from Jewish scripture. It's scripture. Is scripture good? Of course scripture is good. You're adding all these things from Scripture, right? Adding all this in there for them to do. And Paul says, listen, it's not that at all. It's about his love and his grace. Love God, love other people. And here's what he said. Now, this is, this is unbelievable. He says this. That other, that other thing that you call gospel, other gospel, he says this. That's actually no gospel at all. He doesn't say, well, that's, you know, that's okay. Just don't get caught up in too much of it, Right? That's not what Paul says. Paul says, that's actually no gospel at all. He says, it's about, it's about my love. It's about my grace. And so resist living for others. And Paul says, listen, <clears throat> started by the Spirit. This is, this is what it's about. There may be other areas in my life. He spent a lot of time trying to get the approval of his peers, didn't he? When he traveled around, he persecuted Christians. And now he says, you know what? It doesn't matter anymore. I know it's about this. It doesn't matter what anybody thinks. You know, pastors like Chris, pastors like myself, who, who spend a lot of time and energy in trying to communicate this message, this, the gospel, which is good news. I know Chris talked to you guys about that, right? Spent a lot of time talking about God's love and trying to get you to understand it. And not just understand it, but believe in it. And, 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 and live your life in, in, the, in, the, in the midst of his love and his grace. I love later on, we're going to get to it in, in Galatians where he says, walk by the Spirit. Live by the Spirit. Right? Because when you do that, you won't satisfy, you won't gratify the, the, the sinful nature, the, the flesh nature. You just won't. I don't have to tell you about that. I don't have to talk about that. When you live by spirit, when you live by love, you live by grace, all that stuff will take care of itself. And it's hard because, because you all have expectations, right? In my church, there's expectations. People come and go, hey, why don't, you, why don't you do this? Why don't you do this more often? We have a lot of people that come from different backgrounds and are different traditions. And, you know, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? And, 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 they, and they want to, and you want to try to, 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 to do things that people feel, feel good about and comfortable with, right? But you can get, the, get into the situation where that's all you're doing is trying to please people, please people. Trust me, it's hard to say, no, I'm going to stick to this. This message of God's love and his grace. You think that's easy? I'll tell you something, that's not easy. But we're not trying to please people. We're trying to say this is the message of God. The next one is this, realize <clears throat> God has already said what's true about you. 1 Corinthians 4, 3 through 4 says this, I carry very little if I'm judged by you or any human court. Indeed, I do not even judge myself. My conscience is clear, but that doesn't make me innocent. It's the Lord who judges me. Real quick, just this is real simple. 
in our economy, in man's economy, judgment comes second. Behavior, action, everything you do happens first, and then you're judged by that. That's the way our court system works. In God's economy, judgment comes first. Judgment's good. He judges you before anything. He, he deems you worthy. He deems you worthy of his love. And so because of that, then we, we, we move and we live because of we're judged as worthy. And the last thing is this. The last thing is remember who you are. Romans 8.15 says this. So you have not received the spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now, <clears throat> I'm going to tell you a quick story, and then we're going to get ready for communion, okay? So I, I, you, know, you all know we were missionaries in Congo, and so I was doing some reading of this, uh, this um, pastor who had six girls out in California, six girls, and he adopted a girl from Congo, a little girl from Congo. That's how I came across this. He told this story. He said, when my girls were growing up, at about six years of age, each one of them, he said, I would sit them down and I would say, you know what? He talked to his first daughter. If I were to get all the six-year-olds in all the world and line them up, he said, you know who I would choose? He talked about his first daughter said, oh, would it be, would it be my friend Mary? He said, no. Would it be my friend Sally? No. He said, I would choose you. And she said, oh, you'd choose me. Every daughter he did that to. When his adopted six-year-old daughter from Congo, he sat her down one time. He said, if I could line up all the six-year-old girls in all the world before me, he said, you know who I would choose? She said, Daddy, you chose me. You chose me. I want you to know this morning, friends, he chose you. He loves you you. Although, although wanting the approval of our spouse, our friends, to a certain degree is okay. When you get to the place where you think you need somebody else's approval to satisfy, to have happiness in your life, to build your ego, you don't need that, friends. God has already said what's true about you. He judged you to be worthy. He chose you. He adopted you into his family. He calls you holy and dearly loved.